Chris Lee, WRL's very own. Uh, he was in attendance for the highly anticipated and much talked about David Tepper inner, not even interview, uh, media press conference, media availability, uh, where he was expected to talk about the firing of Frank Reich and by all accounts, he didn't do much of it. Uh, Chris, thank you for taking the time. As always, love having you on the show. Um, what was your main takeaway from the uh, the David Tepper press conference earlier today? Uh, the main takeaway that I had is honestly that um, ahead of time, there was some sort of a PR meeting slash strategy, and the main strategy was let's try to avoid most questions. Let's try to make sure that Scott Fowler does not get a question from the Charlotte Observer. And uh, let's keep this as brief as possible. And that's what happened. That's what they did. And it really just kind of left you with more questions. It wasn't, to me, a smart PR strategy. Um, And, you know, this is the last thing that I think Panthers fans wanted from an owner that they already don't feel great about. Um, So, you know, he avoided way too much. And uh, it was just, um, it was poor in my eyes. It was a poop show. (laughs) Um, I, I mean, I appreciate the uh, the, the bluntness there. Uh, I'm, I want to go back into the the frozen out uh, Fowler, right? He's he's a writer. He wrote an article yesterday, interviewed Frank Reich for it. Could you tell in the room that certain reporters were being frozen out, or was that something that you noticed after? Because I, I believe the entire press conference was 13 minutes. I'm sure not everybody got a question. Was it was it obvious that they were avoiding him? Yeah, so uh, I'll kind of paint the picture picture for you. So the Panthers' um, normal post-game auditorium is is where we had the press conference today. Now, when they've had special press conferences like, of course, you know, introducing a new head coach, Rule, uh, Reich, those guys, they have bigger setups. And in those setups, you have to, you know, raise your hand. Somebody will bring you a mic. You can ask a question. Like that, like normally happens in larger uh, formats for press conferences. Typically for that particular setup, you can just kind of blurt out your question to whoever's first gets it, right? And after David Teffer gave his very short opening statement, um, the head PR guy here immediately said, you have to raise your hand and I will call on you. Right there, I kind of felt like, okay, this is going to be very interesting. One of the first hands that went up was Scott Fowler. And um, another thing that was interesting, too, was there were six seats in the front row that were marked as reserved. Nobody sat there. (laughs) So uh, some of the normal uh, Panthers beat writers that normally sit in the front row sat actually in the second or third row uh, of the auditorium. You typically could fit everybody in the first or second row. Um, So uh, that was very interesting. And then as it kept going along, you notice that the normal uh, characters, Joe Person, he got his one question. Uh, you had David Newton who got his one question, but Scott Fowler was uh, being uh, overlooked. He was right there, front row. He was one of the few who was able to get a front row seat, and um, they just did not call on him. And it was it was very clear, clear and obvious that they didn't want him uh, to ask his questionings uh, towards uh, David Tepper. Chris Lee, WRAL's very own. You can hear him on the Panthers Playbook podcast with our very own Dennis Cox. Did you get the vibe that they thought no one would notice that? Or was it like we are intentionally <laughs> embarrassing these people? Because, I mean, it's it's 
literally every media report that I've heard, including your very own, that have come out of the press conference has been like, well, that was, to use your words, a poop show. And and part of it was because of how they handled the, the, the questioning. Like, it sounds very obvious. How did they not see this coming? Yeah, it was uh, it was weird because there's also a part towards the end of the press conference for anybody who uh, watched. It was clear that they wanted to keep this to ten minutes or less. Mm. Uh, it looked like David kind of you know lost track of time, which you know normally happens if you're up there asking questions. And um, it was after the end of one question, all of a sudden the PR was like, "Okay, thank you, everybody, Mr. Tepper." And then that was when he was supposed to walk off. And we're all kind of looking at each other like, wait, what? What's No, like not yet. Like this thing should be going 20 to 30 minutes for questions. And we only got in maybe six questions at that point. So somebody else blurted out a question. David Tepper was kind enough to ask, and that was the last question that he answered about Bryce Young slash C.J. Stroud and that whole thing that uh, people were talking about. So it ended up being only 13 minutes. Um, and so it, it, that was their, that was their game plan going into it. And, um, and that was something that is just, it was, it was weird. It left pretty much every member of the media. I don't want to speak for everybody, but there's a lot of groans, a lot of cursing under the breath. A lot of people really upset here because we have questions. We have things that we want to discuss. We have things that we're unclear on and, um, they weren't here to oblige us and to uh, answer those questions. Uh, so the fans can know what's going on. In, in your opinion, doesn't this take away like exactly what a you know moving on from a coach midseason is supposed to do? We saw it in Vegas, right? They fired McDaniel's players. Were saying they didn't have to walk on eggshells. Everyone was having fun again. Like, was there any optimistic turn in the room earlier today for the presser, or is it like just adding, I guess, fuel to whatever negative fire has been burning while Frank Reich was there? That last part, just adding that fuel to the negative fire. And, and, and in no way do I want to give Frank Reich a pass. The team is mm-hmm. one in ten under his uh, leadership. Um, there's a lot of things that could have been better. But also, this is the shortest tenure in 45 years that NFL head coach has had. Uh, a couple years ago, Urban Meyer at least had 13 games. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, he – I don't want to say that – I mean, I did think that Frank Reich was going to lose his job, but – you know, it it was kind of a quick trigger type of situation, and it felt like um, like David Tepper used the opportunity to try to um, one avoid questions or try to talk about himself. One of the answers he had to a question was, "Oh, but we've brought more to Charlotte, right? Like, just <laughs> like you know, this stadium only had ten events a year, and now it has forty two uh, events per year, and and you know, we're all kind of thinking, yeah, that's." all well and good and all, but what's the main reason why you're here? What's the centerpiece of all this? The centerpiece is the Carolina Panthers. And if this team is not winning, cool. All the other stuff is great, but that's what truly matters. And if you can't fill out your stadium, if you don't have excited fans um, every Sunday when you have a game here, then you're failing. It doesn't matter what, 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 you know, the other things that you're bringing in. Chris Lee, WRAL's very own, joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline here on 99.9 The Fan. Uh, also heard from Chris Tabor. Um, wh- what was his message as he takes over as the interim head coach in the, I, I don't know if we're calling it this, but the, the Tabor era begins? <laughs> um, Chris Tabor kept everything short and sweet. Um, did not really answer a lot of those questions either. Uh, the main thing you just kind of got from him was 
He thought it was in uh, the team's best interest and Bryce Young's best interest to move on from Josh McCown and from uh, Deuce Staley. And uh, they're going to work hard and they're going to take it day by day and yada, 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 the same coach. That's pretty much what we got from Chris Tabor today. Right. So uh, that's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what to make of that. And it's, it's hard to be in, being upset with the coach. I think typically you'd be upset with the coach because it's like you're not really answering questions either. But when the owner just did the same thing, and this owner is the same person that just fired his third head coach since 2019, and uh, and if we're if we're counting Charlotte FC, you got to add two more in there. Um, then you know it's just it's kind of hard being upset with the coach at this point. At this point, this is what the organization does. I agree. It's just kind of fair. All right, you you did what you should do. Um, yeah. Last thing before we let you go. Greg Olson reportedly interested in the job. That can't be real consideration, can it? <laughs> um, it's it's hilarious. Uh, it's funny, and you know, it's it's one thing that would get Panthers fans excited. I just don't think that it'll. I don't think that's something that would get better results than what we have now. Like maybe Greg Olson could go out there and get you one or two games with mm. the current you know uh, group of guys, but. At the end of the day, what this team needs is somebody who can develop talent, build a roster, and uh, sustain some winning and, and build a culture. And all of that is, uh, is absent and, you know, no shade to him. I'm pretty sure that with some time he'll, he'll do great in that, but he's only coached really Pop Warner football. This is different. This is a NFL level. And, and, and you know, Tim, you know this from playing um, FCS football you know, that would even be a hard jump to go from Pop Warner to, to playing at that level. So, um, you know, it's th- that will be cool to see. And maybe you need more team uh, former uh, members of the Panthers to be uh, team ambassadors. But, um, yeah, I don't think Panthers fans should take that seriously. Hey, hey I, don't, I don't know if you saw the news yesterday, but, but Delaware's FBS as of 2025. FBS, yes, Conference USA. Let's there you go. go. There you go. <laughs> Chris, we appreciate you for taking the time, as always, and uh, and we'll check back in again in, uh, in a little bit. Yes, sir. Talk to you soon. Once again, Chris Lee, WRAL's very own. Follow him and his podcast, Panthers Playbook Podcast. Uh, everywhere podcasts can be found, uh, he hangs out with our, our very own Dennis Cox on that podcast. Uh, speaking of our very own Dennis Cox on, on, on that podcast, being a Panthers playbooker, um, we need to talk about Greg Olson because it's a thing, right? And and you you just heard Chris Lee say it's something that would get the fan base excited. I want to nip that in the bud, okay? Greg Olson reportedly has interest in being considered, right? Like, hey, if they want to consider me, I'm I'm in. That's what the reports are. Um, by the you- way, for people who don't know who Greg Olson is, because some people may not know who. Greg Olson was in his career. He played for the Carolina Panthers starting in 2011 all the way through 2019. So he spent a the the, the bulk of the winning years of, of the <laughs> Carolina Panthers. He was with the franchise. He is near or at the top of most tight end records for the Carolina Panthers. He's a tight end, caught a bunch of passes. Mm-hmm. Um, for multiple years, was the number one option for Cam Newton. Yeah, um, three straight 1,000 yard seasons. Went to the went to the U. The, he's, he's a Miami guy. Played in a Super Bowl in 2015 as well. So and he's also one of the lead color analysts for Fox now. Actually, the lead fo- analyst for Fox color. Until commentary. Brady gets there. Well, yes, for now. 
Greg Olson, I, there are reports that he was he's open to it. If you want to consider me for the head coaching job of the Carolina Panthers, I'm interested. And and as you heard Chris Lee, Chris Lee says, you know, that would get the fan base excited. It shouldn't. You should not be excited. You should Greg Olson is a great guy, right? I've listened to I mean he's very good at the media thing. I've listened to podcasts. Uh he's involved with Tight End U, which is a, a big tight end workout slash party that takes place every offseason. George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Greg Olson are kind of the guys. He's not a coach. He's not a coach. Greg Olson could be an asset to the Panthers. Don't get me wrong, right? In a few different capacities. I would like him to have a role in the front office. Not GM, but a role in the front office. I could hear it. Put him on the coaching staff as an assistant. If he wants to coach tight ends, I'm with it. Love it. Bring the bring the juice. As a head coach, I don't know if he has that skill set. And and not to say that that coaching is rocket science, okay? I I you don't need to go like, oh, he's got to go do, you know, seven years as an assistant coach at a D three school, followed by, you know, five years as a position coach at a a uh, group of five school, and then maybe 20 years from now, he could be in consideration for a coordinator job. No, he's played in the NFL. You can skip some steps. He is a high-level football mind in a lot of ways. The Panthers' problems are various, they are complicated, and they are plentiful. Right, you, It's not a beginner's coaching job. It is a wildly, wildly difficult coaching job. You need an expert coach to turn this around. Do not get distracted by Greg Olson. Do not get distracted by the idea of Greg Olson on your way to the real choice. Don't do it. You get distracted by the the the... Rudy of it all, right? You get distracted by the little giants of it all. You get distracted by the he can come in and motivate players and show them the way to play Panther football. Keep pounding. Well, that's the extra, right? That's what the strength coach is for. That's the extra. That's what a veteran on the team is for. That's the extra. That's not what you want from your head coach. Your head coach is a game planner, a schemer, a hirer, a CEO, and Greg Olson doesn't have a lot of experience in that. Greg Olson, by the way, like I said, I really, really like him in the media. I think he's underrated as a color commentator. I think he's good in the podcast space. I think he should keep doing all of that. You can make a lot of money doing that. If you want to get into coaching, you're going to have to take a couple steps back. If David Tepper, if Scott Fitter, the GM, is still in the decision-making room for the head coach, if all of that is happening, and they are actually considering Greg Olson, they need to reevaluate everything in their hiring process. David Tepper spoke with the media earlier today. He was asked if he needs to reevaluate and maybe hire a search firm for his next head coach. Uh, this was David Tepper's answer. It is coming up here in a second, and here it is. Oh, no, wait. It is coming up in a second. I'm getting the hold on one finger from uh, Dennis. Now we have it.
You guys are 30 and 63 since you became owner. I think it's the second worst mark in the NFL, one of the worst marks in pro sports. You're about to hire your fourth head coach. Do you need to reevaluate re the way you do things in terms of, A, maybe using a, a search firm in this hiring process, but also in how you manage day-to-day -day operations here? Um, look, things are constantly evolving. Um, and they'll continue to evolve. And, you know, trying to make things better is what you always try to do. Um, obviously, that record's not good enough. Um, you know, there's no hiding it. It is what it is, like everything in this sport. Everything's left on the field. Everybody knows what it is every week. Um, that record's that record. And, like I said, it's not good enough. We're going to self-reflect and make it better. The correct answer is yes. Don't overthink it. You've had two swings at hiring coaches. They've both failed miserably. Do you need to reevaluate and change things? Yes. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. We're in the process of doing just that, and we're going to be different this time. This is where you say all options are on the table. All options are on the table. No bad ideas. Right? We're going to get in the big boardroom with the big conference table. We're all going to sit, and we're going to have somebody at the whiteboard with a, with a, with a marker, and we're going to say, no bad ideas. Someone's going to say, Greg Olson, bad idea. <laughs> you get out. Our, who, our, who let this guy in Our decision-making circle just got smaller. Yeah. We now have one less person to listen to. Who else has some ideas? That's how it's got to go. Should we bring in a, a firm? Hey, not a bad idea. Put it on the board. Should we promote from within? Not a bad idea. Put it on the board. Should we look at the people that we were close to hiring last year? All right. Put it like everything is on the board except for the absolutely ridiculous. Sometimes, sometimes, what what they say in school, you got to kiss. You got to keep it simple, stupid. Sometimes it's that. And I'm not talking about make it easy. I'm not talking about make it less complicated. I'm just saying Start at the beginning. Start with the very basics. Start with simple. Work from there.